Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Pretty boy, Tony. It's Tuesday with Tony Cass on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, don't want to keep Tony waiting. My name is Nigel. Tony Kinnett right over there, filling in for one Mr. Jason Hammer. And we are hooking up live with Tony Katz. Tuesdays with Tony. All right, TK. Uh, Mike Pence limping to the debate stage. Does this do anything for you? Does he have a chance? Your thoughts? Well, I don't think he has a chance based on Trump's numbers still. I mean, there isn't polling yet that shows that his numbers have cratered because of the January 6th indictment. Uh, but limping to the debate stage or not, it's about making the debate stage. Yeah. If, if, you know, everything in politics is an expectations game. And if the expectation was nobody was interested in Mike Pence, 40,000 people gave that guy at least a dollar. Right. And that in and of itself is a, a pretty big story. So he gets to be on the stage. He gets to make his case for the evangelical base that he desperately needs in order to to have any type of momentum. No, I don't think it helps in in the in the longer stretch. Uh, he's got to hope that uh, somehow uh, there is this moment of, uh, in, if you will, enlightenment from the Republican Party that says, "Wait, we can't nominate Trump." That guy's going to get destroyed in a general, which the, the the Trump supporter does not feel in any way, shape, or form. So where's his where's his place? Even DeSantis can't do it. You want to talk about a campaign uh, that is limping? Um, they're, they're the ones doing it. So yes, uh, limping in. No, he's in. And that's his story. I just don't think he gets to turn that and translate that into something else even greater. So let's talk about what is turned and translated out of that debate, because what I'm going to be watching is for the kind of 2016 chaos where people are trying to slap at each other, and obviously if Trump's not going to be there, then it's just going to be a bunch of candidates trying to say, you know, here's why I'm better than you, and here's why we should be going in this way. Do you see Pence actually kind of ripping off the shirt, muscles rippling, and punching everyone on stage? Oh my! I mean, yes. I, I mean, I mean, you know, is he just going to go all like Hulk Hogan on these dudes? That's what do you how see? I That's see it, of- Tony Kennett. I see Pence ripping off his shirt. <laughs> Muscles rippling. You might as well have started this segment with Dear Penthouse Forum. Um, Just trying to paint a, paint a word picture for the listeners. Oh, you know. is that what you did? Is you painted a word picture? Honestly, you could have painted that on velvet. Uh, your your question, though, I think is the million dollar one. Um, Pence is not in the business of going after anybody. Pence is going to continue uh, to make his case about why he is a better choice for America than Trump going forward. Tie yourself to what happened with policy, yet don't tie yourself to the guy. It's a difficult maneuver. If I think people are going to be punching, uh, it, it's you know, it's it's not even going to be the Tim Scott and Nikki Haley's because it doesn't pay. It, that's not really their style, although Haley right. might punch at DeSantis because it happened before. Well, she'll try. Um, 
Trump is the guy you're talking about, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bring him up. If I'm advising on this debate, you are putting yourself as the guy to go against Joe Biden. Trump's not there. Trump doesn't count. Out of sight, out of mind. Don't bring him up. Don't make him the story, no matter what they ask. It's about Joe Biden's failed policies and why you'll do better. One more thing, and then I and then we'll turn our attention to Ron DeSantis. You mentioned his campaign. But is there, like, when Trump first announced he was running in 2015, he was, like, at 1%. He was the dark horse. Nobody even gave him He was laughed at. And then he ended up winning the whole thing. Is, is there any possibility of the same thing happening? happening with one of these other candidates or because of Donald Trump and his huge poll numbers is that just there's no chance of that happening this time and getting that well, nomination I I would say to you that the difference between where Trump was and DeSantis is that Trump, while he may have had huge name ID for being Donald Trump, he didn't have the luxury of being a very successful governor. Mm. Everything DeSantis did at governor should have him at 400 points. And it all cratered. You talk to the guys in Iowa, DeSantis who? Ground game what? Oh, sure, they got people knocking on doors. Sure, the Never Back Down Pack has put serious money into training people to knock on doors. Where's the movement? This guy was at 30 points before he entered the race in April. And the last poll, uh, I should say, yeah, nationally, nationally, he's like at 15. I mean that's that's ridiculous. This is an this is a massive failure of a campaign. So they engage the reboot. Now what does the reboot bring you? If the reboot doesn't bring you ten points after Trump is indicted regarding January sixth, well then I'm not quite sure what does. The road is long. There's a lot of uh, of campaigning left to do and a lot of twists and turns. But if DeSantis doesn't have some breakout movement in the next couple of weeks, he he has not he won't get any and the only thing that's interesting is that the latest Iowa poll has him at 20 instead of 15 and maybe it's a blip or maybe it's hope well this is the question that I keep coming back to because it looks like unlike you know what Nigel you mentioned earlier was that you had all these like candidates and then Trump came in as the star course it seems like the Trump block now is desperately immovable so it doesn't matter what happens next week Trump is going to retain that base and the question is to whether that's a sizable enough base to bring him through the the primary, and a lot of people are saying, yeah. So the question is here: Do you actually see DeSantis picking up the rest of the the scraps that Trump is not going to be able to pull, or do you actually see one of these candidates pulling away Trump people? Like, is there anything Trump can do that will knock that base away from him? Uh, Trump could uh, tell you about how Hillary Clinton was always terrific and he really feels bad for treating her so nastily. <laughs> right? What could Trump do to get an idolater not to be an idol worshiper? I have no idea. Break the idol. And he's not going to do that. Um, so uh, I, I am very much bothered by the people who would be with Trump even if he were not to get the nomination. Right. I may, I'm making the argument that I'm concerned about his ability to win a general, and this is not 2020. Uh, and it, it, it's tougher, not easier, even though I can show you states where the spread is only 20,000 votes, 10,000 votes. The possibility exists. It's just a tougher road because, well, he's made it tougher, and yes, media has made it tougher. It's not fair, yet it's reality. So I, I believe we should discuss reality. 
ability. So that but being if Trump, but if, but if Trump wasn't the nominee and the Trump people, Trump supporters are like, I don't care, I'm voting for him anyway, or I'm not voting for anyone, and they're willing to lose just to prove their point, well, then they're no better than David French and Jonah Goldberg and Bill Kristol. None. They're just like never Trumpers. Only Trumpers, never Trumpers. It's the same torture. Related to what you were just talking about, um, should Trump do the debate? He's been toying with it. He's been toying with maybe doing something with Tucker Carlson at the same moment the debate is going on on August 23rd. That, That date is creeping up on us here. Do you think it's a good idea that Trump should be on that debate stage? Uh, I don't get me wrong. I'd like to see him yes. on the debate stage. Right. I can 50-50 the thing. I could see where uh, if you don't show up, uh, people call you a coward every four seconds. Um, people get you know uh, emboldened to turn to, on Trump supporters and say, you worthless coward, no, low life so-and-so. He doesn't show up for a debate. He doesn't care. He thinks we owe it to him. We're the people who have to vote for him. We're the ones who matter. The other side of it is I'm up by 40 points and what's the point of showing up to a place where everyone's just going to attack you forget it go do something else and work around these people just like you did when it came to the Iowa caucuses in 2016 change the tactics because you require different tactics than other people utilize Tuesdays with Tony Katz here the Hammer and Nigel show Tony Kennett is filling in for Hammer I heard you mention briefly uh, in the hallways earlier during your show somebody named Stacia Murphy from the Indy Chamber, and and, and something about their you know they're starting this this business equity initiative. In right, Indy. right, right. Did it I was on right? Inside Indiana Business. Um, and uh, my my argument, I, I don't know uh, Stacia Murphy. Uh, my argument is is that anything that promotes uh, DEI is the promotion of bigotry, and we should be opposed to this. So Stacia Murphy is the senior vice president of enterprise development at the Indy Chamber. And uh, they've launched this this uh, program. It's free, designed to advance racial equity, as as Gary Dick uh, writes it, among businesses in central Indiana. Um, this is, to me, a, a specific uh, issue because we've seen DEI in the schools and we've seen the bigotry that it, that it foments. We know the stories. We know how it connects to uh, other levels of attack in business. We have this Canadian principal who committed suicide after being yeah. ridiculed for asking questions uh, that were in a, a training. And you have this DEI officer, this trainer, laughing at him. You don't understand. He's an example of your white fragility and all this, this unbelievably hateful, hateful stuff. Um, And this took place. And her line is, the quote was, we know when there is more diversity and there is more inclusion and belonging within these places to work, that they tend to do better because they are employing and drawing from the perspectives of the entire community they serve. Well, I have a lot of issues with this specifically. Yeah, how do you know that? (laughs) Right. Sources do trust me. The key question is, where's your data? Yes. Show me. That's what I'm asking. And when you talk about the community I serve, it's the business we're growing. It might not have anything to do with the community that I'm in. I'm not saying it shouldn't be a bad community partner. I'm saying that the community is not what it's about. It's about the business. So this is a very, very um, Marxist, uh, leftist, progressive kind of talking point that somehow the business is there to serve the community. Oh, no, 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 no. The business is there to serve the business and to serve the customer. And by definition, the community does 
does better because the business grows. You can make that argument. I'm not there to serve the community. Oh, but, but more importantly, where's the data that proves this true? I'd love to see it. Oh, come on, Tony. Don't you know that like if we don't rush in and, and, and buy into all of the diversity and equity and inclusion, then the Democrats will run attack ads and, and someone might start a Twitter campaign to cancel my uh, nameless corporation? I mean, we have to do this as moderate Republicans, Tony. We have to buy into <laughs> equity. Um, no. Uh, that's that's exactly it. If I learned anything from Dave Chappelle, it's that, no, yeah. no we don't. No, no, we don't. We don't have to buy into any of it. Uh, as a guy who has spent my time in, in the barrel, um, it doesn't matter what they say on Twitter. It, ignore them, and they go on to the next thing, because they always go on to the next thing. So you don't have to, to do that. I would like an answer to my question here. I would like to know why the Central Indiana Corporate Partnership is involved in something like this. I want to know what they mean by an inclusive business climate. And I want to know if it includes people who are politically conservative. Uh, did I hear that you were thinking about moving? Like you were thinking about buying a, a, a new house? I, I, we, we looked. We looked at really? a very, very cool house. Very, like, yeah, this would have, this would have worked stylistically. This would have worked landwise. This was, this was. I mean, nice. I, look, I've seen pictures of you in your posh Carmel establishments. I have never been there, but. You were looking for an upgrade, but you decided not to. Why? 7% interest. Oh, ridiculous. 7% interest. And now, you know, you know, I mean, you guys do these numbers all the time. Historically, that's the average. Yes. Historically yes. in the U.S., 7% is not bad. I think when my parents bought their home in Middletown, New Jersey, I think it was 13.9%, um, which is criminally insane how big that mortgage uh, uh, interest uh, payment was and or, or interest rate was. 7% is not not the end of the world. But when I looked at what that was and I asked myself, well, let's say I buy it now. I could refinance in three years. Yeah. And so, okay. And so I started calling around, asking the people I know, like, and trust. And they said what I knew in my head. What makes you think the interest rates are going to be better in three years? What makes right. you believe that to a level of certitude? Do you know who's going to win this election? What if Biden wins re-election? You're going to see more spending. You're going to see more inflation. Why would anything go down? And that's when I looked at that 7% number and said, I cannot rationalize it for the, for the price of the home and everything else. I got to let it go. I got to live easy. Uh, and that's going to treat me better in the long run. And that's what I'm betting on. What's uh, coming up on your shows tomorrow, Tony? That's a great question. I'm glad that you asked. There is an electric <laughs> bus company called Proterra. And uh, Joe Biden has talked about this company. Yeah. Such a great company. And so important to have electric vehicles. They file, filed for uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy. <laughs> oh, what a surprise. <laughs> Tony Katz, 6 to 9, then noon to 3, Monday through Friday, right here on 93 WIBC. Tony, thank you. Always. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.